0: That's the biggest
1: one tonight. On the roof will catch and bang, 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 bang.
0: It's gone.
2: Welcome to Stumps. Big warm welcome to Stumps around Australia. Heaps to get through. A lot of cricket underway, And to look forward to this evening as well. We've got a super over, believe it or not, in the WBBL. We'll get to that in a tick. Tristan Fernando with you once again. On the show tonight, we'll hear from cult figure subfielder. Uh, cult figure subfielder. Did I get that right? Mickey Edwards to join us. He uh, created a stir. At the new the,
1: Nathan Lyon.
2: Yes, correct. Sorry. He stole the stage last week. <laughs> we'll also hear from Brett Jeeves after he raised the ire of one Darren Lehman. That was the voice of Swerve and Mervyn Hughes, who's back with us. Merv, good to see you.
1: Chris, always good to be back. Big week in cricket. One day, as test matches all over the place. 2020's going off. The women's big bash club cricket there's junior pathways cricket junior cricket suburban cricket happening all over melbourne so busy busy time for cricketers round victoria especially if you Australia. live and
2: breathe it you're in your element oh yes and tonight double header yes that's in the men's in the yep. women's it's a super over the sixers and the thunder as a curtain raiser at the scg uh, scores were tied the sixers 3 for 7 they need 2 to win off this last delivery oh run hard and it was a slower ball They've scurried oh. through for a single, but that's all she wrote. It's the thunder that prevail.
1: If they need two to win, it's a match tie. Oh,
2: sorry, a match tie after all that.
1: Yeah. So what do they do now? Another super uh, over? Th- that's a very good
2: question. That is quite staggering. We'll watch up with interest and update <laughs>
1: you. <laughs> well, that's... if they need two to win, they only get one. <laughs> it's another tie. So do they go into another super over? What, what do they do? They completely
2: bamboozled by it. Yep. They, they must... Well,
1: the Thunder think they've won the game because they're high-fiving and carrying on. So, oh, oh they just realised, oh, that's right. It's oh, it's a draw. It's well, oh, some not are sure. saying
2: the Thunder have hit more boundaries during regulation play. Uh, so this is off Twitter. Alison Mitchell, respected uh, radio producer and commentator, are crowd aware of the countback rule. If scores are tied in the Super Over, get it up on the big screen if not already, she asks. And apparently that rule is, as I just read, from the Sixes on... Twitter as well. The Thunder have hit more boundaries during regulation, which means they have claimed victory. What a stupid Amazing rule. stuff.
1: What an absolute stupid rule. They should go on wickets.
2: Well, another super over wouldn't go Australia. Well, another super over. Keeps everyone on the edge of so their seats. So
1: if, the, if they have to play another... If they did play another over would that be a super super over
2: <laughs> it would be something to that effect <laughs> yes uh, as it turns out though the thunder upstaging their more fancied rivals the six are sitting at sixes sitting atop the table the thunder in sixth position chalk up their fifth win
1: well the thunder are reigning champions aren't they in the men's well we, women's, yeah, th- women's th- as well so yes. they won on the women's so um it, it doesn't matter what you talk about we say that the the Sixers are more fancied, yet the Thunder are coming off a, a championship last year. So, yeah, you know, I suppose um, you know the personnel change a little bit, but uh, tight games. And we're seeing it um, in the women's Big Bash. We're seeing it in the men's Big Big Bash. How many games are going down to the last over, the last ball? And in fact, I, I reckon that's the first super over this year um, from memory. So uh, it's amazing that... I think you're right. Yeah, it's amazing that there hasn't been more games. And, gee, the Renegades, um, we know they're struggling a little bit, but they've lost two games off the last ball of the game So, um, in that last over. So, yeah, very interesting. We'll talk very more about the Renegades a little later on. Yes. The
2: first of the one day, as was played yesterday, Matt Wade, the star of the show, sealing victory for the Aussies. He worked his way to his maiden one-day international century off the final ball of the innings. Took Australia to 268. Pakistan's bowling, it seemed good. It, uh, well, I reckon they faded five, away
1: late in the piece. Five for 75, they had the Aussies. And you had Maxwell and Wade in. And, and they combined for a very good partnership. Max, got 50-odd and, and Wade, as you said, 100 off 100 balls. Um, so while he was under pressure... He kept the run rate ticking over, too. And I think it's his 78th game, I heard somewhere, uh, mm-hmm. for his first 100. And, you know, he's batted up the order. And having a look at that team yesterday, I was actually quite surprised that he didn't open the batting. Um, with Kawaja not in, and they went with Head at the top, um, I thought it, uh, it was open there for Wade to open the batting and everyone slide down one to give him a little bit of hitting power at the end. But I suppose it doesn't matter if you're going to open the batting or, or bat at seven, as Wade did. Um, you've got hitting power, and, and certainly Wade was the difference in the game between the Australians and the Pakistanis. And, gee, of the Australian bowlers, forked the four wickets. Um, probably unheralded a little bit because all eyes would have been on Pat Cummings and, and Mitch Stark, and uh, Cummings didn't didn't let people down. Three, three for 33 off 8.4 overs. He's been very expensive in the 2020, but came out and did a good job and bowled a lot of slower balls. And Mitch Stark... Um, two for 34 off eight overs so after his heavy workload I was actually surprised that he played but they rested Hazelwood Stark played did a good job so they might just um, interchange those two for the Melbourne game we'll
2: hear from Matt Wade a little later on in the hour Merv I ask you where is one day cricket at because so much has been spoken about the popularity of the big bash and uh, the saturation if you like of the cricketing schedule there wasn't much of a crowd in at the Gabba last night you compare that to what we saw from the uh, attendance at the Brisbane Heat only a few nights before it seems that people are, are really only going to get interested in it when the World Cup's in town.
1: Well, here's one for you. I'm going to accuse the selectors of picking a team to suit the venue um, with Chris Lynn playing. Now, listen, you could argue that he's deserved his spot, but had that game not been in Brisbane, would he have played is the question that I ask. Um, he's got to get his opportunity at some stage. Um, his his twenty twenty form has been good. He's a great hitter of the ball. But I just feel that if that game had been anywhere but Brisbane, he wouldn't have played. So I'm accusing the the selectors a little bit of um, let's get the hometown boy in mm-hmm. and and let's see if we can bring more of a crowd in. But um, certainly the the crowds are disappointing um, when we see the big bash game. But you can't you can't have both. Um, you know, since the big bash has come on. Yes, there's been plenty of people going to the game and since it's been on Channel 10 free to air, a lot of people are watching it. So it's, it's, it's as big as Texas. But ultimately, whether you win or lose, you know, I mean, to me, I'm, I'm a Renegades fan and it's not as though I go home and cry after the, the Renegades lose, but I, I like to see the Australians win uh, and mm-hmm. I can't fathom that more people don't go and watch these players because there's the argument that they should be playing Big Bash at this time so people can go and see them. Well, why not go and see them when they play for Australia? They're the best players in Australia. You've got Smith, you've got Warner, you've got Maxwell, you've got Wade, you've got Faulkner, Cummings, you've got all these great players. And people say, well, we want to see them playing for the 2020. Well, get off your backsides and go and support the Australian team and what's the best players in Australia represent our country. Now, tomorrow at the MCG Mm -hmm. is going to be
2: huge. They will be massive. Now,
1: I reckon... Um, a combination of, of the time of the year, the big bash on, all that sort of thing. Uh, people have their priorities and they can't go to both. They're choosing to go to the big... And you can understand that. But ultimately, um, Cricket Australia can't sell off TV rights for millions of dollars, um, want people to watch it on TV and also expect it to go and watch them at the game. It's like the AFL. Mate, the, the AFL and Cricket Australia, to me, I reckon wouldn't be concerned too much if no-one turned up to the game because they've all made, already made their money off the TV rights.
2: Uh, that's spot on. And you talk about the decisions selectors make. Does it, uh, I suppose, jeopardise the campaigns or um, the integrity of the competition? I mean, we've, we've seen Stephen O'Keefe pulled out of the Big Bash to play grade cricket uh, in the hope he's going to be selected for the India Tour. He's taken nine for 54 at grade level for Manly. Uh, you look at uh, the effect... the well,
1: The question I throw at you there... Where, where is there going to be more intensity? Where is it going to make Steve O'Keefe, um really think about his game and get up for the contest? It's a
2: no-brainer.
1: I reckon it's 2020 cricket. Yep. So to pull him out of 2020 cricket, I couldn't understand that for the life of me. Now, obviously, they've got their reasons, and, and I wouldn't mind having a talk to someone about those reasons, but to me, it's bordering on ridiculous. Um, we're talking about uh, – if you're talking about um, um, workload, well, he's going to do. he's going to bowl more overs – Playing for his club side, than he is going to play Twenty Twenty. He's going to get put under more pressure playing Twenty Twenty than he is at, at club cricket. So, my, I'm I'm a firm believer that a player should play at the highest uh, level that he possibly can, and for him playing club cricket to get himself ready. For, for international test matches in India Is borderline ridiculous
2: well, Speaking of another man who plays for Manly His name is Mickey Edwards oh, and He caused a stew last week he When he entered the field of play He was a substitute fieldsman He gained a cult following We're going to hear from him next Right here on Stumps all around Australia Knocks him over With pace,
1: real pace You're listening to Stumps
2: Great to have your company on Stumps this Saturday evening as we're counting down the minutes till the big Sydney Derby clash between the Sixers and the Thunder. But going to Mer- be a hell
1: of a clash, that.
2: Mate, lot to look forward to. The Thunder yep. have been in a rich vein of form, the Sixers just chugging along nicely. Speaking of men chugging along nicely, and you are a cult figure back in the day, Nathan Lyon has really been overshadowed now, this summer.
1: hang on. Chugging along nicely gives the indication that you're just moving a little bit forward. What about just exploding onto the spotlight? Oh,
2: he burst to the scene he was, Exploded trending, onto he was the spotlight. trending on twitter <laughs> and he even had david warner booed as he entered the field once again uh, sub fielder extraordinaire mickey edwards has been good enough to join us on stumps mickey a warm welcome to you and thanks for your time g'day yeah
1: pleasure to talk to you guys uh mickey good i move merv Hughes here listen it must have been exciting um to to get the call up uh to be sitting in the australian rooms but how was it feeling that you had to go out in the ground and and actually field for the australian team
3: uh, yeah, I, I didn't really expect to have to do that. I was hoping to sort of outsource all those duties to the the other 12 men that was there. Um, but yeah, then I, I sort of decided that if I don't do it, I'd regret it. So um, yeah, obviously glad I went
2: out in the end.
1: Yeah, well, with a couple of injuries, uh, obviously Jackson Bird was on the ground for the injured... Who did get injured? Well, Renshaw, Renshaw departed yes, and Wade yeah. was a bit so hook was, in the guts as well. Wade was so a little bit short. Uh, Davey Warner come off the ground. You, you got on the ground and you stole all the fans. You actually stole <laughs> them from Nathan Lyon. How does that feel?
3: Um, yeah... I don't know about style, I don't think I'm quite happy for him to have them all back, he's a, he's a true cult hero in my eyes, as well as you, Actually,
1: Oh God, I love you, Mickey. Um, <laughs> now we're, like, I would, being from Sydney, and, and your grade club playing being Manly Cricket Club, um, with the, the long blonde locks, I'm going to throw it out there, I'm, I'm going to hit you up, I'm maybe may be a hasty generalisation, but are you a surfer? <laughs>
3: It's
1: a, it's, a good, uh, it's a good guess. I am, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. So where, where did the Australian boys pick you up? Did they just sort of see you down the beach playing a little bit of beach cricket while you're waxing your board up one day? Or do, do you still, are you still heavily involved in the game? Because my understanding is that um, you were a fast bowler. Um, you've had yep. problems with stress fractures and you, you're just getting back into it now.
3: Yeah, um, well, it actually happened because Steve Smith saw me down the beach doing some uh, classic catches, and he thought, I've got to have him. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. no, I do actually play cricket. So I contracted with the Blues uh, and uh, with the Sixers as well. So, yeah, I just had a bit of a bad little run with injuries in the last couple of years with uh, three stress fractures in a row. Uh, so I've just come back from the third one now. I've had about three or four bowls in the last couple of weeks. So I'm mm-hmm. hoping to, to come back for the second half or the end of the uh, the grade season. I'm actually... Playing fifth grade this weekend as a batsman, so it's a bit of a, a fall from grace.
1: <laughs> and how, how do you hit them?
3: Um, recently not well, due to the fact that I haven't actually hit a cricket uh, ball in about four months. <laughs> and, and
1: probably being in the fifth grade would probably give that away too, a little bit. Because if you hit them all <laughs> yeah. right, you might be up the order. Um, when yeah. when you're up and about, um, obviously, uh, when you're playing junior cricket and that fast bowling, what, what sort of pace did you get up to um, as you were sort of eighteen, nineteen? Because that's I reckon that's a real show for for a guy if he's bowling good pace. Then he, he's got um, he's got years ahead of him. So what sort of pace did you get up to?
3: Uh, 19, That's a good question. I, I sort of I was a late bloomer with cricket. Um, yeah. I only started bowling quite fast in the last. Couple of years, I guess eighteen nineteen was about I don't know mid mid one thirties, but now I think um, uh, sort of one forty plus. Hopefully, oh. although it's been a while, obviously well, he's one
2: hundred and ninety eight centimeters. Move so he hits the deck hard. Be getting plenty yeah. of bounce as well. So I reckon he'd be fairly difficult to
1: play. Uh, well, he's got a Blues contract. He's got he's, he's my understanding too is um, you're with the Sixers Sixes and squad Is, is that economy? correct?
3: Oh, well, yeah, it was with the Sixers, uh, So I was actually meant to play their trial games. A few months ago but the day before uh they sort of kicked off i got the uh, the stress fracture so that was, was a bit unlucky uh, bad timing
1: uh, very bad timing now for you yeah. you, you said it's uh, the third year in a row that you've, you've had the stress fractures and probably from my understanding of the sport is that it's a very unnatural um action and because you didn't do it as a junior it's all new to you it's probably putting um, a little bit of stress on places of the body that you wouldn't normally have it and um, obviously, yeah. that's why you're having those problems. Um, so, going forward, um, how are you feeling? Well, I suppose the, the question before going forward, how are you feeling about that? Are you getting frustrated with this, or is it just, uh, okay, sirrah, sirrah, what, what is, what is, is, and I've got to get over it, or is it a little bit more frustrating for you than that?
3: Um, yeah, it's, it's been a pretty frustrating um, couple of years, but I think each time I've sort of learned what my body can and can't cope with so I've, I've, I've learned each time that um you know this is this is the line that i can reach and don't try and force it past there in in, in the early stages and whatnot um so yeah just sort of i'm still you know i'm only 22 so i'm just I'm, I'm learning about my body still and getting used to what it feels like
1: yeah well mate 22 years old you got height on your side you've got pace uh be patient listen to the guys around you and, and... Quite often, I reckon at your age, you want to push things to the hilt, but um, for the, the future, you still got a long time left in the game. Uh, my advice to you would be uh, to, to listen to your physios and, and listen to your strength and conditioning blokes, and it's more about the little bit you can do, not what you can't do. So, mate, good luck going forward, and, and thanks for joining us on the show.
2: Yeah. Cheers. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Mickey. Mickey Edwards, joining us on Stumps. One of the stories of the Australian summer. I know they've. Uh, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, Merv, in terms of form. The Aussies turned around their fortunes, but this uh, young man who just joined us had commentators asking, "Who's out on the field for oh. Australia?" Well, and didn't he soak it up and mate, he made the most of the opportunity?
1: It was Mickey Edwards, and I tell you, he's more popular than. Nice, Gary. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Merv, just a, a brief one. Yes. I had Doug Ackerley in the studio. You were actually away with uh, Rodney Hobb. Yes. He wrote a book on the yes, front foot, foot no ball rule. Yes. rule. And how taxing do you think it is on growing bodies? And while. Well, in uh, Mickey's case, he's 22. He, yep. he hadn't bowled much, and as you rightly pointed out, it probably put unnecessary stress on his back. How taxing is it on young cricketers, young pace bowlers, coming through the system? How tall did he say he was? 198 centimetres.
1: 100, so 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. About that, yeah. in the old. Uh, the, the big thing about that is, because he's grown so quickly and he's, he's so tall, his muscles haven't developed. So basically the muscle structure around your core um, that, that hold um yeah abs in and and all that um haven't really strengthened so all the pressure is solely on his on his back and um there's there's a lot of of stress fractures going around i know doug's book was um a a lot of information about how the the front foot no ball rule changed bowling Mm -hmm. and and therefore introduced these injuries um I, I agree with that to a certain extent, but it's also just the amount of cricket that we play now. And yep. you know, back in the, in the you know 40s and 50s, um, before the the no ball rule was changed, it was a the back foot no ball. So your back foot could land before behind the back line, and you could slide down the wicket. If you could slide down the wicket ten yards, you could bowl off virtually a third of the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what what happens there is they've, they've changed the rule and he's saying that it's got a lot to do with the bowling but what I what I say, it's a combination of a lot of things. We we have indoor nets now where blokes in the 50s, 60s, 70s, early 70s really didn't have those um, indoor facilities and, and they didn't train for as long and they didn't play as, as much. So, yeah, there's contributing factors but a very interesting read and the thing about Doug Ackley, he is a thought provoker and, and I, I love... Journalists, and I, I love reading books that that make you think about what they're saying and, and what he's saying has got merit to it without doubt.
2: Well said, Merv. Well, great to catch up with you as it always is here on Stumps. More Stumps on the way next all around Australia. Knocks
0: him over
3: with pace. Real pace. And that is huge. That's the biggest one tonight on the roof. for Trish and Bam.
0: Welcome to Stumps.
2: Good to be back for another week of Stumps. Tristan Fernanda in the chair. Swerving Mervyn Hughes yes. is with me for the ride. And a big Plenty night of happy. cricket to look forward to. Plenty we'll celebrate happy. the Aussies' success last night. We'll turn our eyes abroad. A couple of test matches going on. And, well, some big scores are being made uh, in that series between South Africa and Sri Lanka. And, and also some bigger
1: <laughs> scores of the Deshians and New Zealand, my friend.
2: Quite remarkable, Merv, oh, as I say, yeah. welcome to you once again.
1: Um, well, welcome, welcome to you, it's good to have a <laughs> new year, there's plenty of cricket Listen, Bangladesh against New Zealand I, I saw the scores and actually thought this must have been in, in Bangladesh
2: Who would have thought we'd be starting with Bangladesh uh, against New Zealand?
1: But Bangladesh in New Zealand at Wellington Which is traditionally a slow low wicket which would suit the, the, the Deshians, if we can call them that um, Bangladesh 8 for 595 Shakib 217 And Mush Victor Mush, Mushi Victor, Rahim, Rahim, I believe,
2: hundred
1: and fifty nine. Rahim, hundred and fifty nine. How do I go on the tennis with all those names? Mate, like, I can't yeah, I think this. you'd just be
2: saying the Croat, <laughs> the big blokes yeah. of Croatia. And
1: um, New Zealand, uh, three for for two ninety two. Uh, Latham one hundred nineteen, and um, that's the end of the third day. And at the end of the second day, South Africa after making four hundred and twenty six, uh, Amla and Dumni hundreds each. Um, Sri Lanka in a bit of bother with. Four for eighty, but they always seem to find a way, Sri Lanka. But I'm tipping that it's doing a little bit. Yeah, they're sourdough. struggling normally, a little bit. They
2: struggled in their most recent encounter and yeah, uh, have picked green, up where they left. Like-
1: green and seamy, and you'd you'd say that is um, going all right there. The, yeah, they've got a good bowling side and they do juice their wickets up a tad. And that's why I'm surprised Bangladesh made some runs. I would have thought that New Zealand, um, like when they played Pakistan, mm-hmm. they juice the wicket up, get a little bit harder and let it seam around and bounce more. But uh, Wellington, um, we took a stethoscope out there one time and listened to the pitch. No heartbeat at all. Dead as the doornail.
2: <laughs> uh, to matters closer to home, Australia <laughs> taking on Pakistan, the first yes. of the one days. Well... The Aussies struggled early. They were in a world of strife. Five for 78 at one stage. And it was the feats of Maxwell and Matthew Matthew Wade Wade, who helped them turn the corner. Congratulations to Matthew Wade. We'll hear from him in a moment. Made in one day international century and it proved to be a decisive move.
1: Um, Difference in the game. That that partnership between uh, Maxwell and Wade, as you said. Um, It's good to see they're getting on again. A lot of love in that partnership. Um, But move on from that. to, to get to 268, and with the quality of the bowling of the Australian attack, um, Pakistan were always going to be in trouble, and especially when they uh, Azir, their captain good, uh, gets out of Ali.
2: Good to see Faulkner bowling really well, 4 for yeah. 32 from 7 overs. And uh, Cummins was also very impressive, 8.4 overs, 3 for 33.
1: And it was a, they were saying um, it was a different sort of a wicket up there. It was a, a dryish wicket. And that that would explain why Faulkner and why uh, Cummings. I saw a fair bit of their bowling. To be honest, I didn't see Mitch Stark bowling. He must have bowled a right eight overs, two for thirty-four. But Cummings and Faulkner, four wickets and three wickets, um, mid thirties off off about uh, eight eight and a half overs each, um, bowling a lot of slower balls. So when the wickets a little bit dry. Uh, Pace off is the key and um, certainly they were doing that and and reap the reward for that.
2: It's been a long time between drinks for Matthew Wade with the bat. He's been uh, really struggling both in the test arena and you look further back to that series against New Zealand in the one day arena. He was back to form with a vengeance. He put it down to hard work in the nets.
4: Happy to contribute with some runs and more importantly to get a, a win obviously to go one nil ups very important in a five match series so yeah nice to, to be able to contribute and it's uh, funny how cricket works come off the last ball so I don't know how that uh, that all lines up but it was good fun. And if you, you obviously haven't got too many runs on the board recently but if you felt like you have been in a decent league or is it sort of a breakthrough for you to spend
5: some
1: time
4: in the No nah, I felt like I've been hitting the ball really well for a period of time now. Um, I certainly haven't been going out there and just nicking off. I've been getting myself out more than more times than not. So I've been, I felt like I've been hitting the ball. I've been putting plenty of work in it and, and uh, working on a few things. And it, it, uh, you know, it's time in the middle. Yeah, it's it's getting yourself in and giving yourself a chance. So I managed to do that today, which was nice. Nate, how does that
5: Billy? Stand like out there when you're trying to. From yeah, survive in the air holes.
4: He, yeah he was all right, big Billy. He was struggling a bit, wasn't he? I think he, uh, I think he got a bit crooked there. So, um, yeah, he didn't look great when he when he came out. I know how he feels. I obviously missed the holdover test match uh, recently, so it's uh, it's not a good feeling. But he he'll be all right. He'll bounce back. Was it was it nice to
2: do it with uh, with Maxi as well? Maybe in light of what's
4: happened over the last you know few weeks. Yeah, it's always oh, like batting with Maxi is always good, you don't have to do too much, you can just kind of chip it in the gap and get down the other end and watch the show go, so um, that's, that's that was the plan when I was out there with him, we are trying to build a partnership and take it as deep as we could, but um, whenever you bat with Max, it's uh, the scoreboard's always ticking, so it makes it a lot easier on me, I can just get down the other end, so he batted really well tonight. Test what's you know, on Monday, is yep. that a nice sort of reminder for you
5: going today? Is there any nerves
4: from your point of view about that spot? No, I'm, not, I'm not nervous about selection, I'd be... I'd be nervous if we lost four test matches in a row but we're, we're winning games and the team's going really well. The younger guys are playing well and um, I feel like yeah we're in a really good spot so you know, selection selection the team will, will get picked and hopefully I'm in it but um, I don't feel nervous when the team's winning the way it is. Um, Maxi also in the mix of that
2: test team uh, test
5: squad would that, that uh, do you
4: think be a good addition to the game? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah play spin really well and he bob's right arm off spin so um he'll definitely be in the mix uh, i would have thought what was um Rich Marshall's reaction with, with that catch in the outfield when he came in <laughs> yeah. i don't know look from my, i thought he was getting it easy and then it looked like he was leading it looks like he was tony lockett leading out of full forward to take a <laughs> take a mark he got he ran so fast that he got there too quick i think and then stuck the big hand out and it went back in so no he, he was pretty happy he was happy
6: that's it Travis. Sorry. Um, you just quickly
2: with the test squad coming up, um, the young bowler, Mitch you Swepson, there's been a lot of talk about him possibly being in the squad, have you seen much
4: of him? him yeah, I've seen a little bit of him. Um, he played Australia a so Petey Hanscom's told me a little bit about how he bowls. He looks like a really good leg spin bowler, so I, I would think that he'll he'll be in the mix, him and Zamps will probably be fighting it out for a position I would have thought. And
2: just with the team from tonight, uh, Uh,
4: Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on. I don't know if Hazelwood's coming back or what the goal is there with the score, but um, Linny looked like he's he's hitting the ball really well, obviously, so um, I'm not sure what the selectors will do with the team, but um, they'll be fine. Linny played well, I thought. Um, He could have easily got in and got a big score tonight, and he looks like he's crunching it. Uh, Matthew, congrats uh, first ODI 100. Uh, you faced during this inning Mohammad the
0: Imad uh, and Mohammad Nawaz. Uh, uh,
4: what about Imad the seam bowling? About the seam bowling? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they've got. Uh, they bowl well. Like they had us in a lot of trouble. If they get the right conditions and the ball swinging and, and the wickets has got a little bit in it, you saw how well they bowl. Um, once the wickets get flatter, obviously it's a lot nicer to face. But um, Pakistan have got a a really good bowling attack in one-day cricket, in test cricket. Um, they've challenged us the whole summer, although the results probably haven't gone their way. It's still been, it's still been hard work to get out there and, and play against
2: them. Matthew Wade speaking after Australia's victory. Congratulations once again to him. It was unconvincing the way he brought up his century, but... Uh,
1: he almost speaks as well as he bats, doesn't he? <laughs> well, I'm um, under, under pressure, and a lot of people... Sorry to jump in on you, Tris but a lot of people are saying, and you said in the introduction of the, um, that sound there from Channel 9, that he, he'd been struggling a bit. But the other thing about against New Zealand, when he comes into bat, he's only got four or five or six overs to go, so he doesn't get that time in the middle. Now, for him to go out with 30 overs, he's got time to make runs. Yeah. And the, the thing that I really enjoyed about both Wade and Maxwell was that they actually thought about it and built an in innings. Now, if we had a lost another wicket and we're, we're 6 for 90, you're in a world of hurt. But those two got together, um, they batted, they got Australia out of trouble and then they started to press on to get some, some good scores. But of Matthew Wade, I don't think that his run of outs has been too much of a problem because he goes in and... He, he normally, like I said, he's only normally got eight overs to go, and Australia have got a great score, so he's expected to get keep going, mm. and he, he tries to go too early. So, mate, it, it, that innings, yes, uh, is as good a innings um, mm. in a in a game I've seen by a traditional number seven wicketkeeper. Well,
2: it was great to see the maturity on display from both Maxwell and Wade. They've been yes. criticised in the past for yep. perhaps throwing away their wicket or being yep. a little bit undisciplined. <coughs> Uh, but they did get the job done. Speaking of Maxwell, I've uh, heard in a few quarters uh, people scratching their heads as to why Travis Head bowled in favour of Maxwell, given we're talking about Maxwell potentially being included in this India squad to be announced tomorrow. Is there anything sinister there or to be read between the lines?
1: No, I reckon, and without... Without having seen, it, I must admit I was sitting home watching Criminal Mind, so uh, I, I didn't see um, head bowl. But I would suggest that he would head would have been bowling to the right-handers. Had there been left-handers in, Maxwell would have bowled because they like the ball coming into the pads spinning away, so they can't hit your leg side. And if we have a look at it, there's normally a, a short boundary at the Gabba, so it would have been um, into. The, the short boundary uh, to make it hard for, for those. So that was the only thing that I could so say. Mate, the thing about it this year is um, with Maxie, he seems to be embroiled in these um, controversies or conspiracy theories where first game for Victoria, he didn't play. And it was as simple as um, it was either him or, or um, Christian. And uh, they went with Dan Christian because they needed the medium pace. And then when he didn't play the one-dayers against New Zealand, it was seen that he was being punished for what he said. Well, if he was being punished for what he said about Matthew Wade earlier in the year, he wouldn't have got picked in the eleven. Yeah. So, mate, let's just move on, and it's horses for courses, and what the Australian team do very well, as do the state teams, as do the Big Bash teams, is that they plan for their opposition, so don't read too much into to Maxwell not bowling. If there had been left-handers batting, I reckon Maxwell would have been the bloke to bowl.
2: Well, speaking of one man who sparked a controversy or two, Brett Jeeves, now writing on au, represented Australia in the one-day international arena uh, raised the ire of Darren Lehman when he questioned <laughs> the national coach in uh, giving a backhanded clip to Matt Renshaw about the prospects of being included in the India squad yep. or perhaps pouring a little bit of cold water on the prospects despite Renshaw's recent run. We're going to hear from Brett Jeeves next here on Stump's.
1: <laughs> him over with pace, real pace. You're listening to Stump's.
2: Yeah, good to have you with us, Tristan Fernanda with Merv Hughes, and as we said prior to the break, Merv, Brett Jeeves caused a bit of a stir in this uh, next catch-up.
1: Now, I'm, I'm trying to figure out whether he's fair dinkum or he's just taken a piss. <laughs>
2: well, it's hard to work out at the no. best of times. In this chat, he caught up with Andy Marr and Adam Cooney on their Sports Day show, and they started by asking him, did he expect all the controversy that arose from such an innocent article?
6: I've always had... Anor- well, I still do uh, have enormous respect for Darren Lehman. I've liked him as a player. In many regards, we're pretty well aligned. Sloppy work ethic, good on the tooth, and um, you know, probably didn't make the most of our talents. But, um, yeah, I um, I guess Buff didn't quite like a, an article I wrote uh, earlier in the week um, about uh, the message he was sending Matt Renshaw, you know, the lack of guarantee for the first test in India, which... I found to be really surprising the young man's twenty. He performed. He's performed perfectly, um you know, and, and he's been the answer in, in many, many regards. You know, for, for so long after that Hobart Test where we were uh, completely awful, um we whinged and moaned that we didn't have an opening batter with grind and toughness, and and we found that in Renshaw. And um, from, from what I've seen, all, all we've done is whinge about how slow he bats and. And now we're not going to guarantee him a spot in India. I, I find it to be staggering. So I kind of aired my thoughts there, and and Buff, as he has a habit of doing, in, in, a, in his true larrikin manner, just sort of made mention that uh, he didn't listen to me because I wasn't a very good cricketer. And I think, in you know, his comment was probably most in jest, and and that's fine. But um, it probably does highlight, you know, I think some of the some of the problems that we you know, that we do face within cricketer um, throughout the nation.
5: What is this code that you talked about in your column? This sort of established hierarchy that you do a really good job of, you know, of of, of telling us about and colouring in and identifying in your column. From your perspective, how has that kind of manifested itself in this in this example?
6: Oh, look, I mean, it's no different uh, to the workplace. You know, I can't imagine. Coons walks in and uh, and just starts giving you a jip about um, what level of broadcast you are. Um, <laughs> oh, he does, you know, he, actually. Yeah. Oh, no, he <laughs> does. Oh, <right>. oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, uh, he's completely breaking the code, right. um, yeah. <laughs> which is fine. But, uh, you know, I guess in the workplace, there's a HR team that sort him out, and after three warnings, he was shipped out and probably end up on SEN. Um, you know, <laughs> no. Sorry about that.
5: Couldn't help myself. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
6: no, look. I mean, you know, it is. It is very much, you know. I, I guess, you know, that that old school of, you know, if you've been involved in a grade in a, in a grade cricket team or club, the the hierarchy of the third grade is in the first grade. You know, the first grade get first use of the turf nets. Uh, there's an era of, um, you know, left to right swagger in them that, you know, they're the first team and the third team will, will wait until, you know, those boys are done. And and there's a a column that, that's on on Fox Sports, the Great Cricketer, it's called, and yeah. um, anyone that's involved in cricket throughout the nation should, should certainly pick up on this stuff because it's it's lighthearted, it's humorous, and it's a great reflection of the types of behaviours and activities that that you do see in cricket, um, you know, and that does relate to, to the Australian team. And um, I think, you know, whilst you know, I said Bush's comments were in jest, he's never. He's never truly rated me as a player. I remember I got him out in a, in a one-day at um, Adelaide. He was the last man dismissed. So, you know, the Tassie boys are walking off, all 11 of us, and there's Buff and Amara Ben Tatey. And he sprayed me the whole off. You know, the biggest pie chuck, a waste of space I've ever faced. You're a joke. And I was only a young bloke, 24 or 25 at the time. I didn't quite have enough experience or pig in me, I guess, at that stage to go back at him. Um, so I just wore it. Um, and he's, he's always sort of gone at me verbally, and whenever we played against each other, and and that's good. That, that, that's what the game's about. I mean, Coons, you can obviously relate. Um, you know, that, a lot of that is is why we play the game. I love the verbal, um, but you know, I, I think in this instance it, it sort of highlighted a you know, a bit of an issue that, that that I've certainly seen in in cricket, and you know, and how sometimes you know guys like Trent Woodhill, who is who is obviously a great uh, great cricketing brain, he, he quite often gets sort of fobbed off with his views because he doesn't have that high-level experience um, of a of a Ponting or a Lehman or,
5: or one of these types. That's a really interesting observation you make in your column, actually. Brett, I want to go back to the original article, which I suppose uh, shine the light on uh, the so-called uh, cultural, I suppose, the, the established hierarchy that you said. Um, when Michael Clark and Lara fresh aired you on your first uh, <laughs> tour in India, <laughs> I just wanted to know how... Did that actually affect your confidence uh, going forward in terms of, uh, I suppose your position in that side? <laughs> well, it's, it's it's a good question. Um, to be really honest, it it
6: kind of didn't because it had you know stuff like that had been happening in in cricket for me for, you know, the eight years I'd been involved in the game at a state level. You know, a lot of what's you know the whilst it's tongue in cheek and left of centre, the the code of you know being the the guy that's um, on the fringe of first class selection and the invitations to lunch and coffee and the and the rest of it. Um, a lot of that stuff is very real. Um, so so those those sorts of experiences have been completely fobbed off. We're not were not uncommon. Um, so for me it was just a matter of, you know, finding people that um, that I knew respected me for who I was and, and that I didn't have to be fake and um, you know, sort of pretend to be someone that I wasn't and, and you know, I just sort of found myself um you know, being pulled to those people more so than you know trying to make my way into into relationships with people that you know didn't necessarily want to get in apart from me so look I mean, it didn't really impact me but um it, it probably wasn't until I got a job and, and something that you know you can now relate to coons but you know being in the real world and um you know having to report to people and bosses etc that um that that sort of stuff's not okay you know that that's, that's not acceptable and and shouldn't happen without you know, some, some sort of process being in place and inductions and, and, and those things are in place in the corporate world for a reason um, because we want to support people to do well and my experiences, you know, the South African one, I, I didn't necessarily see that. So it's only really on reflection that, you know, I look back and think, well, you know, maybe if that was done better, uh, my experience would have, would have been a better one. That's not to say I would have been a better cricketer um, because, you know, the nature of cricket is so individual and I don't think that sort of stuff actually impacts the way you go about a game um, but uh, yeah I mean it's it's an interesting um you know it, it is interesting going from a you know, professional athlete I guess into the real world and um, you know what I've learned the last five years is, is enormous and you know if I if I had all this information now while I was playing I think that you know, potentially, I'd still be playing, and I wouldn't be 15 kilos overweight, and <laughs> searching, uh, searching from morning cake. Oh, oh, you're yeah. doing
5: some good work now. There's this th- that theme that you've discussed a bit with Coons, there, Brett. We're talking to Brett Jeeves, has kind of run through both of the columns that uh, of yours that have attracted most kind of notoriety in the last kind of three or four months, which is really interesting, and I reckon it's great. I think it's a really important voice to hear. We had a guy like. Uh, Nathan Grimer on the show last night and you know people who have made it have got to these levels without ever kind of making it in inverted commas um, you know you've got there you know what it's like to be part of it but you haven't gone into that sort of elite sort of and category these are really important voices for the rest of us to be having access to and you give us a real insight into some of the challenges that um, exist and I I reckon, keep going, we hear enough, uh, we do, we hear enough from the Uber superstars, um, you blokes (laughs) who know what it's like to get in there but not necessarily know what it's like to be making millions of dollars out of it and be given the six star treatment, I think it's really invaluable. Hey, how much, before we let you go, how much did you enjoy writing the last six paragraphs of your column?
6: (laughs) Uh, Look, it took me, um, I'll be really honest, it took me eight hours to write that um, last night I didn't get to bed till about four a.m. Um, I must have reread it six hundred and ninety-four times. <laughs> oh, like, a, and it wasn't. I, I went on a hunt for some footage. Um, and don't tell anyone this. I don't think this is going to, um, you know, hopefully, not an enormous amount of people. Oh, you guys been, are pretty big uh, thousands. You better know, be millions, millions yeah,
5: possibly millions. millions but... well,
6: I'm letting the cat out of the bag, but um, I did go searching for some footage of me dismissing. Lehman, but it turns out they're all caught a cover off Frank Longhop, so um, you know, sometimes you've got to bend the stats to, to make them work in your favour, which I've certainly done.
2: That was Brett Jeeves catching up with Andy Marr and Adam Cooney on Sports Day, and Sports Day will kick off in Adelaide on 5AA on the 23rd of January. Kane Corns with Ben Hart, a new look show to follow Rowie and Bix from 6pm. Sounds like a bit of a different character, Merv. I reckon you've had a bit to do with him. You're a selector on one of the tours of South Africa, is that right?
1: I, I was a selector on the tour of South Africa where he got ditched at the airport and all that that he, he wrote about. So, yeah, listen, it was an interesting one, but um, well, I suppose he's in the media now, he's, he's giving his view. The cricketer's um, code
2: move, does it exist?
1: <sighs> it's a changing place. I mean, when I first started, hierarchy and food chain was everything. I, I remember my first game, and I think I've said it on this show a couple of years ago, my first game game in Adelaide, that excited, got my gear off the bus, straight upstairs into the room, got into the room, opened bag up, getting some gear out, and John Scholes, um, yeah. God rest his soul, and you know, lovely bloke, but he just walked in, he was captain of Victoria, he said, what are you doing? I said, I, oh, you know, just, he said, mate, there's blokes that have played here for 10 years, grab your bag, wait outside. <laughs> and I, I, mate, I'd known him because he used to call on our, our sports store down in Werribee that I worked in, and I, yeah, he said... Get your bag. So I just packed my bag up, stood outside, and come back in. And there was a spot in the corner under the window, no hooks, no nothing. I put my bag there, and that's where I sat for fifteen years. So it's where, where you where you start, that's where you virtually finish <laughs> off. And um, as as a player moves out, you can move up if you want, but I just got comfortable there, so just stayed in the probably worst spot in the, the South Australian Visitor's Change Room.
2: As we work to the top of the hour, the Sydney Sixers' 11, Enriquez, Abbott, Bird, Bota, Dwarshis, Haddon... Hughes, Lum, Lyon, Maddinson and Munro. Noah Keefe. And Noah Keefe. He took nine for 54 Noah in grade Keefe. cricket. I don't know why he was playing there. Noah Keefe. Watson, Ahmed, Brathwaite, Gibson, Green, Lenton, Mackay, Nair, Patterson, Aurora and Vince, the he? squad for the Sydney that, Thunder.
1: That what was that eighth name yeah? <laughs> there?
2: I don't Aurora, Patterson, Mackay? I, I keep can't going.
1: recall. Keep going. Nair, Nair. He'd pull your hair out, wouldn't he? <laughs> it stumps right around Australia. <laughs>
0: Tonight, on the roof for and bang, 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 it's gone. Welcome to Stumps.
2: Well, yeah, Great David for on Stumps. Good evening to those of you tuning in for the very first time. Tristan Fernanda here with Merv Hughes, Mickey Edwards, the cult figure, sub fielder. He's going to join us in the not-too-distant future. We've got a big double header of Big Bash action to look forward to. Huge. A smorgasbord of cricket worldwide. We've touched on the test matches over in uh, New Zealand, South Africa. A plethora. Very nice uh, word, (laughs) Merv. But uh, many people lauding the efforts of the Hobart Hurricanes, and rightly so. It was one of the best performances in team sport you'll see, certainly one of the most entertaining Big Bash spectacles one will witness. Uh, for a long, long time and well they got the job done thanks well, to the heroics of Ben McDermott.
1: And, and I suppose George Bailey throw that in there and the combination of, of the fielding, the bowling and um, a, a flat track. But the Renegades had the highest score in Big Bass cricket, it was a record, and they held it for almost two hours.
2: Well, they've probably got a bit complacent because the bowling hasn't been their strong suit going to talk to you more about the Renegades later because we're going to focus on the Hobart Hurricanes Hurricanes. They look down and out but they've turned the corner seemingly Their campaign is alive and the man who's at the helm nurturing the best young talent from uh, Hobart And the Hurricanes is Damien Wright who's been good enough to join us Damien, a warm welcome and congratulations on just a stunning victory
0: Oh, cheers, guys, yeah. No, it was uh, unbelievable, wasn't it? Um, I guess at halfway, we were all a little bit shell-shocked um, to to know that the uh, we had a huge mountain to climb uh, in the second half of the bat, but then to be right in it, right up there to the last over um, and then get over the line, uh, Stewie Broad getting the leading edge. Uh, was awesome. Um, yeah, just huge emotions, mate, and, uh, yeah, it was a wonderful night for us.
1: Yeah, well, you had to win that one to keep you in the contest. you got a game to go. You play the, the Scorchers over in Perth, That in itself is going to be a tough assignment as well.
0: Yeah, g'day, Merv How How are you, mate? mate, (laughs) I'm good, buddy. Uh, Yeah, look, we have we've got a um, a really big game coming up for us. We've got to wait about six days, uh, six or seven days before we uh, we get into it. So there's a lot that will happen beforehand. Um, So we'll know the outcome of uh, of where we uh, of what we need to do for that last game. Obviously, we've got to win it, but. Um, we need a few results to go away, of course, in the next couple of days, but yeah, they're a great side, um but it's yeah, it's down here at Bunson arena, so we're lucky that it's at home, and we can um you know uh, again put our uh, best team on the park and see how we go mate.
1: Well, that's all you've got to do now. at the halfway break, as you said, you get into the rooms as coach, is it hard to keep? The sanity there? Is it is it hard to keep the players up? Because, as you say, people will be a little bit flat, but ultimately, if a side gets that many runs, you've got to be of the view and you've got some senior players in there with Paney and, and George Bailey and those blokes that if they've got 222, it's a pretty decent wicket.
0: Yeah, look, yeah, spot on, move. I think at, at half-time you can see um, you know the reaction of the guys as they come off. They're all you know really, really shocked, I guess, at, at, at what has just happened, but I think in saying that, um, you know, it was funny. We went straight into the rooms, and you know, Helmo and I got around most of the guys straight away to say, look, you know, the, um, if they can do it, so can we, sort of thing, and and to go out and have a bit of fun. Really, just take the shackles off, um, have a bit of fun here, and really take them on. Um, we had, you know, everything to gain out of that game, um, and you know, and, and again. You know, to hear George Bailey just said, oh, well, lads, we haven't got time to have a look at any. We'll just have to get on with it. So, (laughs) you know, that was the spirit in the room. Um, You know, and and I I guess, you know, it showed when when Timmy Payne went out as skipper, he had a go first ball, and he, you know, unfortunately, hit it down to a deep mid-wicked stroke. But, you know, that was the intent shown, even from our leader, that we were going to go out with a bang. And, uh, Benny McDermott, just uh, you know, everything he hit did go bang. So I mean, it was just an, an awesome, awesome game and a really, really great effort from the boys.
1: Well, we talk about McDermott. What a great innings that was! But um, Short, he he's come from nowhere, hasn't he? You you lost uh, Dunk uh, over the off season, and you would have thought, gee, how are we going to replace him? But um, Short's come in and he's he's played a couple of good innings and and got off to a bit of a flyer um, against the Renegades, also. Yeah, he
0: did. Yeah, he did. Maybe he's a um, he's an exciting. Uh, young talent that's from WA who's, um, who's played a couple of games for, for Western Australia. He played a couple of games in the Matador Cup. Uh, he played a shield game against Tassie when we were over there at the Wacker before we broke for the Big Bash. And, you know, look, he um, he can give it a serious hit, mate. And he's done really well for us, um, you know, uh, in our in our very first game of the year against the Sixes, He came out and just uh, and whacked them everywhere. Uh, and then I had a good game down here, Against the strikers, so when he did well uh, up front, he and Timmy Payne, we we generally won the games. Um, So you know, last night it was great to see him sort of get a couple out of the screws for us. But um, you know, uh, you know, to see Ben McDermott do what he did after both Tim and uh, Darcy got out, he and George Bailey steadied the ship and. Look, that partnership was unbelievable, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, it certainly was. As we catch up with Hobart Hurricanes coach Damien Wright, he's got a rare moment to put his feet up and enjoy a bit of cricket uh, before their next game against the Scorchers. Tell us about the journey of Ben McDermott because he is the son of Craig, a brother to Alistair, but he's forging his own career and a strong one down south in Tassie.
0: Yeah, he has. Look, he's a great young kid. Um, he moved down here two years ago. Uh, down to Tassie. We got him down as a rookie, actually. And, uh, you know, Dan Masters was really, really excited about him and saw him a little bit up in Brisbane, uh, play some cricket. And he, uh, you know, he just sort of said, gave him the opportunity to come down. And, and Benny Mack come down and, and had a really good start to his uh, first class career last year. He, he played a few games for us and, and did really, really well. Um, so, uh, you know, there was always some great signs about him. He's just got a really good temperament. You know, he's, um, pretty, uh, you know, really likeable guy and really quiet guy. But he's—he just when he gets out into the contest, mate, he really competes. And, uh, you know, he's done hes done brilliantly so far for the Tigers. And then last night, uh, and he's done his second game for the Hurricanes, the score, um, you know, the highest score certainly for us and our very first 100 actually since, uh, since we've been in the competition, um, you know, it says a lot about a young kid at 22.
1: Well, a likeable and lovable bloke. Obviously, he's nothing like his old man. Um, <laughs> and let him know I said that too, just quietly. But um, when when you chase such a big score like that, I, I looked at it and thought, right, Payne's got to get runs. This short, I don't know too much about him, but he's got to go. Bailey's got to go. Now yeah. I haven't seen too much of, of McDermott Um I've I've heard a little bit about him. He, he got some some runs um, a, go, a couple of games ago. Got a good thirty five. As coach, and having spent the time with him that you have, did you see an innings like this coming from him, or was it a complete oh, surprise?
0: Yeah, look, we, we knew he was he was striking the ball so well. I mean, to bring in a, a guy and leave somebody out like Kumar Sangakkara, has got to say something about him, yeah. you know. And um, we, we uh, it was just a matter of when we were going to be able to get him into the team. Uh, and to, to say that, you know, look, I. I knew he'd do some great things. He, he's just been—he's a, a terrific striker of the ball, and he's done—you know—every time he stepped up to play um, at the highest level, he's just excelled. So we, we, we had high expectations there, but I don't know if I thought he was going to get 100 and, uh, 110 off about fifty-two balls, mate. I, I um, you know, I thought that was just extraordinary. So, yeah, hundred and fourteen off fifty-two balls. Uh, I didn't expect that, mate, but. Um, I certainly did expect to see what George Bailey did um, you know he played an anchor role and he doesn't often do that for us mate,
1: oh, mate the thing about George Bailey and it's probably with, with the selectors overlooking him for this one day as I don't want to say it but you have to think that that would be the end of his, his one-day um, career, uh, that they've gone for younger blokes. But he, he's been absolutely fantastic. And he's got to be one of the most underrated blokes going around. He's just unassuming. Um, and when he gets out there, he gets the job done. I love the way he just goes along, plods along, and then he just pulls a six out of nowhere. And you just sit there and think, geez, yeah. I didn't see that coming. But he's been absolutely fantastic for you blokes. Um, how has uh, Stuart Broad fitted in?
0: Yeah, look, mate, um, Brodie's been awesome. Um, he, he's just come really committed and really keen to, um, you know, put on a really good show. And, uh, you know, he had a point to prove too. When we first signed um, Brodie, he was really keen to, to play uh, white ball cricket. He hadn't done it for a while over in the UK. So he was really keen to to get over here and make a bit of a statement. And, you know, and I think you can see from his just his commitment in the field and, and how he is when he's bowling charging in for us that he is... Um, you know he's fully invested into the Hurricanes program, and mate, he has been awesome. And uh, I couldn't I couldn't speak highly enough of him. You know he's he's great around the guys. He helps all the, the young bowlers that we got in Rainbird and Kingston. Uh, you know, and you know, young Reed is from Victoria. There, he's been talking to them, and mate, he's been awesome. He really has. So I was really happy for him the other night to to be out there at the end and and hit the winning runs and. Um, you know, have a few Aussies loving him rather than hating him, mate.
1: Well, I was going to say that, you reckon he's taken a leaf out of Murley's book and Freddie Flintoff and Kevin Peterson is that they, I reckon they're the most hated cricketers of all time. They've come over, <laughs> embraced this Brig Bash and all of a sudden the Aussies yeah. love him so do you reckon Siri Broad's just look back and think, I can get these blokes to love me I'll go and play big Bash and it, <laughs> yeah. as you said, he's, seen, he's <laughs> fitted in beautifully, hasn't he?
0: Oh mate, he's been awesome, yeah look, um, you know, again, he's it just he's a competitor, mate, he's a real competitor and he wants to win and um, he's just been great around our group. So, as I said, mate, I was really, really thrilled for him, um, you know, to be on the receiving end of a few cheers, mate, rather than boos, you know.
1: Yeah, no, good on him. And probably we're we'll focused a lot on the batting with, with Bailey and Payne and Short and um, now McDermott, uh, the overseas players. But two blokes I'm interested in, um, Jake Reid. Um, obviously, yep. he's had his injury troubles over the years, but you, you're stuck with him. And also, uh, big Shawnee Tate. Um, I love, love watching him bowl. And yeah. the fast bowlers cop a fair bit of stick, but um, how are those two guys going for you?
0: Yeah, they're going good. I mean, it was a bit unfortunate. prior Tatey um, hurt his elbow probably about uh, two or three games ago, and um, it flared up pretty bad. Um, and, and, you know, again, it was, it's been a, an injury that he's had to, to sort of manage and, and uh, you know, and see what he could do with it for, for a number of years. And I, I guess last year, you know, he didn't have that issue with it, and he had a fantastic. Uh, big bash last year, and uh, unfortunately this year it did flare up for him. So he was pretty sore, mate, and, yep. and um, you know had uh, a couple of games off. We brought him back for a must-win game against the Thunder. That it just you know, unfortunately for him, and he was the first to admit it. It just wasn't coming out well for him. So um, yeah, it's, he'll be okay, mate. He's got another year with us down yep. here, and he loves it. Uh, well, can you just
1: I, can you just pass on a message from me if he's yeah, having exactly. trouble with his right elbow? drink with his yeah. left hand. When he goes out <laughs> drinking, drink with his left hand because he, he puts a few of those down and it just may yeah. take a little bit of pressure off.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right, big fella. I, I actually said that to him too. I said, start drinking with your left hand, mate. I reckon it's not working. But he's... Um, yeah, but he'll be fine, mate. He'll come yeah. back bigger than better, I reckon, um, next year. And I guess we've still got one game to get through and if we can make finals and, and, and sort of try and get him fit and firing for those, then, you know, look out. But... Uh, we're with, with Reedy, mate, he's going really, really well. He's had um, some setbacks in the last couple of years with the Big Bash. Um coming from Victoria. He's been had a few niggles and things yep. like that. So
1: no, no problems have they, bad.
0: Yeah, no problem. Um so he's and again he's he's um we've kept him sort of, you know, raring to go and and uh, you know, you know him as well as anyone he's pretty keen and wants to have a crack. So we we got him out there on the ground uh the other night, mate, and he charged in. He only knows one way, Reedy, so um you know look at uh here we good for the run mate as they say in racing
2: yep. a couple of technical ones before we let you go damien we thank you for being so generous with your time the quality of fielding george bailey during the coverage was quite critical of not only your team but across the board the the standard of fielding in the big bash one what do you put it down to and two how have you gone about it as a side to try and make sure you can lift the bar
0: yeah, i I tell you what I, I think um, that's been probably one of the, the um topics of conversation with us as a team has been our fielding has sort of let us down in the games that we've lost it's it's been pretty much been the fielding we we um we we've pinpointed a few things we've let down some tough uh chances but you, you, you know when you drop Chris Lynn in the third or fourth over you you're going to pay for it you know and we did we dropped him and then we dropped um Brendan McCullum in about the fifth over and the game's over so um, it has been disappointing, it really has and to put a finger on what it actually is, I'm not too sure. We've um, we've done a lot of work in our ground fitting, our high balls and all sorts of stuff but, you know, again the other night um, at Etihad, I thought our fielding in particular was probably the worst we've done. Um, so it was interesting we have a thing that if you field the best, you'll win the game. Um, but uh, you know, last night, the other night um, it, that was certainly wasn't the case. I thought our fielding was terrible. So um, to win the game when we, uh, you know, again, we didn't hit our KPIs with that was interesting. So I, I think it's a lot of things. I, I actually think there's a, it's just the pressure and some people deal with it better than others. Um, there's a lot of noise and a lot of stuff like that, but you've got to deal with that. And when the ball's up in the air and it goes, you know, outside the stadium, some of them, and they come back down through the lights, you've just got to try and do your very best to hang on to them. So um, I, I think it's been a, a mixture of a bit of pressure and, a lot of people watching and all that sorts of all those sorts of things but uh, we, we've just got to continue to keep working on it.
1: Well, mate, all, all good uh, going forward. You've got the, the Scorchers game. Good luck with that. But Be- Before I let you go, I'll let you off the hook with the, the cricketing side of things as such. Now, I dare say you would have played a fair bit um, with Brett Jeeves over the years. Um, he's, he's got a fair bit to say. Now, I'm, yeah. you probably know him a little bit better than me. I'm trying to figure out whether it's tongue-in-cheek, whether he's taken the piss, whether he's, whether he's serious or whether he's just a loose cannon, or basically all of the above. We've, lost her. we've
2: lost her. I think we've just lost her. Oh, he's hung so up on us. He ti- didn't want to answer the question. Timing was uh, far from ideal. <laughs> uh, look. Uh, he's raised a few eyebrows, but uh, he's had a good effect. We, I think, as yeah. you said, it's in tongue-in-cheek. Tongue we do thank Damien for his time. He's uh, we'll a great fella.
1: Up. Yeah, we'll have to ring him up and thank him because he obviously he's dropped out there. But um, hasn't he been fantastic? He's coaching Tassie, coaching Hobart. He's been bowling coach of the Victorian side. He's been over to New Zealand, coached over there. So I'm officially calling him a journeyman of cricket.
2: Well, if you just bear with us a tick, Murph, I think we've got him back on the line. So... Uh, oh, here is Damien Wright, who's joined us once again. So did
1: you, did you get that question, mate?
2: <laughs> I was going to say, Merv, that would have sounded very odd, that cause
1: I
0: got, get I to just, the end of that question, and then it looks like I just hang up. Yeah, so thought, that's no what way.
1: I thought. I thought he doesn't <laughs> want to answer that question, obviously. But, um, yeah, sorry sorry to throw that out. Which, which is it, do you reckon? Is it all of the above, or is it one more than the other?
0: <laughs> mate, I think he's too clever for me, Jeezy, and he always was. I mean, <laughs> if I say something, it'll be a huge article about me tomorrow, but... Uh, look, I think, you know, look, he's, he writes some really good ones as well, and um, he has a bit of a, a stab at himself at times and stuff like that, but um, yeah, look, um, it's interesting one to take on Big Buff. I don't know whether I'd be doing that, mate, and I'd... I read the article and had a bit of a chuckle, but um, I'm not sure he's got his stats right. <laughs> the games I played with Jeezy, I saw Buff hit every one of us. To been. <laughs> so um, I must have been playing those games with Jeezy, knocked you over. <laughs> oh,
1: mate, good on you. Thank, on thanks note. very much for, for joining us. Um, you've, you've been very, um, uh, very good with your time. So, uh, mate, really no worries, enjoy mate. talking to you and, and good luck with the, the game against the Scorchers and going forward. Uh,
0: cheers, Merv. Good on you, mate. Thanks, boys.
1: Good
2: Cheers on Damien. Thank you, Damien you. Wright the The coach of the Hobart Hurricanes A really likeable fella and He is, isn't he? Credit where it's due You you said he's been doing a great job He mentioned Simon Helbert as well they had yeah. uh, been involved in the Victorian system But it's been a bit of a struggle for the Hurricanes And occasionally that consistency can be hard to uh, find In the Big Bash arena But who knows, yeah. they've turned the corner If they beat the Scorchers They could find themselves in the finals well, In the
1: finals And um, probably they'd, having a look at their record They'd almost prefer to play away from home um, um, they uh lost a couple of games at home, uh, so they lost to the Stars and the Thunder. Um, they've, they've beaten the Renegades away. Um, so, yeah, listen, it might it'd be an interesting one to see, but they're, they're a chance. If they they win against the Scorchers, and that's going to be a tough ask, um, they're a chance to make the, the finals. And I meant to ask him if Hobart, Hurricane's going to play anyone in a final, who, who are we going to beat? So uh, we didn't get around to that. But uh, certainly... All, it's all still a chance. Renegades are a chance still, and they're below the Hurricanes.
2: First match of the double header is underway. We'll uh, get a score check from Sydney in a moment. None for thirteen. It was I think before the commercial break on the TV up above. We're going to take a break. Move, come back, wrap things up, and pick your brain about the squad to tour India that'll be announced tomorrow morning. It's stumps all around Australia. Listening to Stumps. And good to have you with us, Tristan Fernanda with Merv Hughes as we slowly wind to a close. A wicket has fallen, that of Lum of the Sixers. They find themselves 1 for 16 after 2.5 overs, in fact, 1 for 17 as Madison just nudges one off his pads for a single. As we seek to wrap up, Merv, the squad for the India tour will be announced tomorrow morning. Are we expecting any surprises? Because I know I asked you this question last week. You said you had a very difficult task of trying to jam 30 or so players into 15 spots. How have you worked it out?
1: I reckon I I had 27 uh, last week. I've narrowed that now to 22. I've I've got 11 certainties, but three of those certainties are with asterisks. So Kawaja, Wade, Renshaw.
2: So, Kawadra and Wade, despite people suggesting their ability to play spin might be uh, well, not at the desired level, you're going to. I've, I've got that good form of recent yes, time. but with an good. asterisk. So, okay.
1: it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if they don't go um, with Neville um, in the. Sean, Sean Marsh um, to, to come back in, obviously. But um, Pattinson coming. So, Bird, Mitch Marsh, Cartwright, Sayers, Meany, Ferg, Madison, probably. Um, and there's a couple of other batsmen in there that, that have got a bit of a chance. But, um, gee, Warner Smith, you reckon a certainty. Stark, Lyon, Hazelwood, Hanscom, um, and, and you would suggest O'Keefe because they've told him not to play the the big bash to get himself right for India. Do you, I tell you what, if you were Steve O'Keefe and you weren't picked for India, I reckon you'd be dirty. (laughs) You'd be bloody filthy. And he's gone
2: back to great cricket. Look, granted, it's a fair few rungs down the ladder, but nine Nine for at any level is fairly handy.
1: That's the thing. But the thing about this, and I've always said it, is from the selectors' point of view, when you've got to worry about who to leave out, you're in a good position. So they could pick any one of thirty players to go to India, and it wouldn't raise an eyebrow. I don't think there's going to be any surprises. Um, the surprise, the only having said that, they might they've got. To, I reckon they've got to take a league spinner. So whether it's there's been a, a real argument the last couple of days about Sweepson getting in. Zampa's been doing okay in the limited overs. There's a, a couple of league spinners they've got to choose from. They might take two or three league spinners. You, you don't know how many they're resigned to. So, you know, if they have a squad of um, 14, you'd think it'd be pretty tight. But if they had an extended squad, uh, just to see how those league spinners went, and they got a training camp in, in Dubai on the way over, um, it'll be interesting to see what they do.
2: It certainly will be. And despite the Aussies seemingly being down and out about a month and a half ago, oh, they were quite savage the balloon, on them. They turned the corner. They've played some fantastic cricket, that said. Going maintain, over to India and being competitive is a different kettle of fish. Maintain
1: the faith, my friend. Maintain the faith. Um, Hanscom plays spin as well as he plays um, plays the quicks. You've got um, Smith that's going to be in good form. Warner at the top. Renshaw or 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 Sean Marsh. Um, Sean Marsh or uh, Kawaja are at three. So they've got options. And let's not forget what. Um, Sean Marsh did in Sri Lanka. Australia were really struggling. Came into that third test, and albeit they got beaten, he got a, a test hundred. So he's pretty good against the spin. Um, so it'll be it'll be a tough assignment. But um, it'll be interesting to see um, what, what squad they come up with.
2: Sixers move along to one for 18 after 3.4 overs. A brief comment from you, Merv, on tomorrow's game. Australia taking on Pakistan at the MCG. Are you expecting any changes? And um, do you think Pakistan can reverse the result?
1: If you're in Victoria, please get down support the Aussie boys. We want to see our best players play. Here's an opportunity too. They're, they're up against uh, Pakistan. Pakistan... Again, they've got to win a couple of these games to automatically qualify for the World Cup. So don't think they're, they're poor form. They weren't that far away in Brisbane. Um, they fell short in they're just one very Jekyll of each and Hyde. It happens yeah. very quickly. So. They five for 75, they had the Aussies, just need another breakthrough. Um, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Australia are going to comfortably win tomorrow, but I'd be surprised if they didn't.
2: As we say each and every week, Merv, time flies when we're having fun. You certainly did have two, Bob, (laughs) each way. Uh, We could talk for a whole lot longer, but we're out of time. One for 24, now the Sixers, the Scorchers take on the Stars later. You have a great week in the world of cricket. We look forward to your company again, same time, same place, next weekend. See ya.